The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Today we're going to be talking about arguably the most hated man in the world among environmentalists, at least at the moment right now, the senior senator from West Virginia, Democrat Joe Manchin. He all but killed the president's last hopes for passing a big climate bill, and we'll explain how and why. Hello and welcome back yet again to Parts Per Billion, the environmental podcast from Bloomberg Law. I'm your host, David Schultz. So today's going to be a Capitol Hill episode. Perhaps you've heard, but Senator Manchin said earlier this month, last week actually, that he won't support the climate provisions within the president's Build Back Better legislative package. Manchin said the latest inflation numbers make it unwise right now for Congress to increase the deficit. This was a huge blow, of course, because Manchin is the 50th and thus most powerful Democrat in the Senate. Without him, the party can't really pass hardly anything. It was also a bitter pill for the president because this is not the first time Manchin has come out against the president's climate legislation. In fact, Democrats had already scaled back their ambitions in an effort to accommodate Manchin, an effort that now appears to have failed. Environmentalists are not happy, to put it mildly. But does Senator Manchin have a point? Is he just tanking his legislation because of his famous affection for the coal industry? Or is he really that concerned about inflation? We're going to get into all of that with Ari Natter, a Bloomberg News reporter who covers energy on Capitol Hill and who, coincidentally, is a proud Bloomberg Law alum. I started off by asking Ari what was actually in the legislation that Manchin effectively quashed last week. Right. Well, um, you know, initially it was a lot bigger uh, before Manchin killed it the first time. Uh, but the remaining package, what was being negotiated, uh, included a whole slew of, of tax credits. I mean, we're talking something like $320 billion in tax credits for electric vehicles and renewables and advanced energy manufacturing and carbon capture. And that was really the star of the, the show in terms of climate. And that would have reduced emissions uh, 40%. So it sounds like it was, you know, mainly using the tax code to, to try to accomplish this. Yeah, that's what was, was pretty much left. I mean, a lot of the stuff that had initially been in the, the package, you know, some pretty steep fees on uh, new drilling infrastructure, for instance, you know, got, um, you know, put in the waste bin. But yeah, the te- they, really, they really were going to marshal the tax code. Um, and it sounds like it would have had some pretty significant emission reductions. So let's now get to the the second death blow, uh, you know, what happened this month. Um, so uh, Senator Manchin said he was not ready to, to vote for this. Um, and obviously, the Democrats need him to pass anything. Can you explain what happened and why he is opposing this? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, after months of negotiating on uh, these climate provisions, including the, the, the tax measures, um, you know, the new inflation figures came out that showed inflation at 9.1% and mentioned informed leadership who wouldn't support any new climate spending, you know, only, um, you know, a smaller package that would be limited to uh, the ACA and prescription drug prices. So that effectively killed the, the climate package in the, in the deal. So, you know, I think a lot of people who are listening probably know that Senator Manchin represents West Virginia, uh, which is a big coal state. He also has personal ties to the coal industry. So I think some people are assuming that he's doing this because he, 
you know, it is wanting to, to sort of protect the coal industry. But that's not what he said. He said he's, he's you know, opposing this for inflation reasons. What's going on? I mean, we can't get inside his head, but uh, why do you think he is really sort of uh, taking this move now? Right. Yeah, I don't think it's, it's as simple as him simply supporting his home state coal industry. Personally, I, I do think he was concerned about inflation. He, he has been ringing that alarm bell uh, for some time. Um, and also, you know, he has enough power where he could, he's really in position to get some stuff that would help his industry. And he had, I mean, there were very generous subsidies for carbon capture that would have saved, you know, provided coal plants billions of billions of dollars. Schumer was ready to give him um, tax credits for hydrogen vehicles, um, you know, on par with the generous tax credits for electric vehicles. So, I mean, if Manchin wanted to, to do this, he really, I mean, he really could have helped, you know, the, the coal industry too. You know, much to the chagrin of progressives. So I, I, I do think, I do believe that he was concerned about inflation. That's really interesting. So basically sort of to to put it in another way, like, you know, do, voting on this package would have actually helped the coal industry in his state. Yeah, that's, that's accurate. Manchin didn't actually, well, he didn't technically say this plan is dead. He just said he wanted to wait until after the August recess to see what inflation is looking like then. But is it basically dead? I mean, is there any chance that something climate related will be able to pass in September once they come back from the recess? I, I know some Democrats, some climate hawks are holding out hope for that. Uh, but I don't think that's going to be possible. Um it's just going to be too hard to do a second reconciliation bill in the time they have. Um, it would require you know, a lot of time and these, these all-night voteramas and they'd have to pass a new budget resolution. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. And, um, you know, a lot of senators I've talked to, uh, you know, Merkley from Oregon, for instance, you know, he's, he's pretty much said it's flat out dead. Mm. Well, let, let's take a step back there, though, and talk about reconciliation. You know, I mean, a lot of people listening may not be totally familiar with the Capitol Hill lingo. Uh, this is a, a maneuver on Capitol Hill where you can pass a bill without uh, by avoiding the 60 vote filibuster threshold. Can you get into a little bit why the they need the Democrats need to use reconciliation and, and how that works? Right. Well, like you said, so this is a chance to get around that 60 vote threshold, which they don't have, you know, it's evenly split 50-50. So this is their one chance that they can get all uh, the Democrats on board to actually get some major, major legislation done. But, um, and that's also why they need, you know, Manchin. That's why he's so powerful in this. And it sounds like they, there's no chance that they would hold off on doing reconciliation until after the, the recess. That's just a no-go. Yeah. I mean, Biden put out a statement, you know, effectively saying, you know, do the do the healthcare stuff and the prescription drugs, drug stuff. They want, they need to get a win on, on board, you know, even, even, if it's, even if it's smaller, uh, before the midterm elections and, and they go back for their August recess to campaign. So, I mean, they're pretty much in a position of, uh, of doing this or nothing. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, let's get to the future now. Um, you know, clearly this is not going to happen. These big tax breaks for climate, um, you know, as you mentioned, it's, or it's all but dead, if not dead. Is there any climate legislation the Democrats can pass before the end of this session of Congress, like even sort of smaller stuff, piecemeal stuff, or is 
is this over until, you know, January of next year for climate? Uh, there actually is, David. There's something called the Kigali Amendment. Um, this would have the U.S. Joint International Pact to phase down the use of HFCs, which are going to come down to super pollutants. They're used in refrigeration and other equipment. And that actually have a, a major, major um, you know, reduction in emissions. I think NRDC has said it's something like uh, you know, 70 billion. Um, so, I mean, that... That would be a, a, a big deal and a win for climate. And um, you know, that measure's passed the Foreign Relations Committee. So it's poised to go to the floor, um, you know, when they want to do that. Yeah, and that's really interesting. It, it's, you know, unlike with the fossil fuel industry, the uh, HFC industry is not nearly as powerful, doesn't have as many lobbyists in Washington. So it seems like it's, uh, you know, a lot more viable to to get that across than something that, that hurts the fossil fuel industry, right? Yeah, I mean, there actually are, <laughs> you know, opponents of, of the amendment. But yeah, it's, it's a bipartisan, you know, it has enough bipartisan support where it could pass. Yeah. And then let's look to next year. Um, and the reason why I wanted to get into that is because, you know, after Manchin announced that he wouldn't be supporting this, I was, you know, watching social media and there was just widespread despair among climate activists and environmental activists. I mean, it was pretty bleak. Can we talk about why um, it seems like the next few months or maybe even the next few weeks are really the only opportunity to get major climate legislation passed? Things are looking bad for next year. Let's talk about that. Why is it now or never for climate? Yeah. So, I mean, if, if Republicans take control of Congress, uh, which it seems like they're poised to do, you know, never say never. But I mean, that's the direction it seems like it's going. Um, you know, I, I don't think a major you know, climate package is, is going to happen. But, um, you know, also Republicans do have their own um, climate legislation, you know, that they're pushing that doesn't set emission reduction targets per se. Um, yeah, tell me more about that. What is the uh, Republican climate agenda? Right. So, I mean, the, the Republican climate agenda is things like innovation and, and R&D spending and nuclear and carbon capture um, but it's also, you know, promoting natural gas and grounds that it's has a lower emissions profile than coal. And it's, if it's produced in the U.S., it might be cleaner than, you know, other countries that don't have stricter environmental standards for it. So, um, you know, that has been their position. And has Republicans put out a plan uh, early this summer, you know, kind of reiterating that, you know, saying if we win control, this is the direction we're going to go. So it's it's not nothing, but, you know, it's 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 not what progressive activists want either. Yeah, that's right. I know that Senator Barrasso in particular from Wyoming um, is really, really into carbon capture. That's something he talks about a lot. Um, and I think that, you know, it sounds like that's the Republican attitude towards this is let's, you know, develop new technology that allows us to keep using fossil fuels, whereas Democrats are, you know, saying let's wean ourselves off of fossil fuels. Is that, you know, putting it in a a nutshell, the difference between the two parties in 2022 right now? That's generally accurate, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, they want to keep using fossil fossil fuels. Um, and they say they can do it in a, in a cleaner way. Car- carbon capture is expensive and um, yeah. you know, has had a lot of technical problems. But, you know, even the Biden administration is putting a lot of money into it. So it's, it's kind of just like the, the hope that keeps on giving. Right. Uh, all right. Well, that was Artie Natter uh, with Bloomberg News talking with us about uh, climate legislation in Congress or the lack thereof. Uh, Ari, thank you so much for talking. Thanks, David. 
And that's it for today's episode of Parts Per Billion. If you want more environmental news, check us out on Twitter. We use the handle at environment, just that at environment. I'm at David B. Schultz. That's B as in build back better, build back something. Who knows? Today's episode of Parts for Billing was produced by myself, David Schultz. Parts for Billing was created by Jessica Coombs and Rachel Daigle and is edited by Zach Sherwood and Chuck McCutcheon. Our executive producer is Josh Block. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Have you ever thought to yourself, how is that legal? Why is that legal? Have you ever seen a big trial in the news and wondered, what's really happening there? Have you ever pondered the question, why are lawyers the way that they are? And how much money do they really make anyway? These are the things we live and breathe over at On the Merits, Bloomberg Law's weekly legal news podcast. On the Merits looks into the biggest stories playing out in the legal industry right now. And we feature the finest journalists covering the biggest legal stories from across the Bloomberg Law newsroom. You can hear it wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening.